All right. Good morning. Jared told me specifically, he said, don't worry about Sunday morning. There won't be anybody there because it is Memorial Day. And you guys, you guys came. It is awesome to see you here today. Jared has, um, man, really laid out some, some awesome topics relating to baseball the last few weeks. And um, you just don't realize how much baseball has to do with life, right? Baseball and life are, are really, um, they go hand in hand. Baseball, baseball is a game of patience. You can't just run out and, and go do something. You've got to wait your turn. You've got to wait on a good pitch. Sometimes you go play in the field for, for hours and never get a ball hit to you. But when the time comes, are you ready to make a play? Um, I grew up watching, watching the Rangers, and uh, my, my granddad, who passed away, that was, that was one thing we could always talk about, was that, like Rangers baseball, what was going on, who was pitching good, who was hitting the ball, and um, it, it was just something we could always, we could always talk, when there, we had nothing else in common, we could go, well, you've been watching the Rangers? Gr- granted, we never were any good, we're still not... Good, but we had a couple of years there that, that was fun to watch. But one thing that has always been constant is Rangers always had good hitters. I mean, they always had some good. That was kind of their problem. They had really good hitters and not very good pitchers. So these, these hitters, they could, they could hit anything. And um, big, big hitters have always fascinated me because I, I, I grew up playing baseball, and, and the best I could do was maybe get it out of the park and, and these guys are hitting nearly twice as far as I, as I could, you know? And I practiced. I played. I was strong. And these guys are absolutely twice the hitter I am. I mean, can hit it twice as far. So what makes somebody that good? It's preparation. These guys are prepared. They're, they're hitting, hitting the ball in different situations. They're hitting different kinds of pitchers. They're hitting curveballs. They're hitting knuckleballs. It doesn't matter. They're working on it all the time. When, when baseball season's not going on, these guys are hitting the ball in the winter. So, in the game of life, how can we be confident that we're prepared that we're ready to hit the ball. Um, we're going we're gonna to go to Daniel chapter 2. We are in Daniel 1 last week. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 2 this week. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the foyer. We would love to give you one. It would be our honor for you to take one home. Please, please get one. We believe that this is the only way we're going to get closer to God is by reading this, by knowing His character, and we learn that from, from reading His Word. So... Um, Daniel chapter 2, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him and sleep deserted him. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, mediums, sorcerers, and Chaldeans. Chaldeans were like kind of astrologers to, to tell the king his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream and I'm anxious to understand it. 
So these guys, these magicians, these mediums, these uh, Chaldeans, they were experts in their field. They were studying. They were, they were the smartest people in, in that realm in the kingdom. And the king had, him, had them by his side. When something went down, he knew he had to go to those guys to get some, some kind of supernatural meaning from, from what was going on. Um, they, were, they were prepared. They were prepared to um, interpret dreams. They, in fact, they probably had books on it. A lot of, a lot of different cultures and religions have, have these books on how to interpret dreams. Um, in verse 4, the Chaldeans spoke to the king. May the king live forever. Tell your servant the dream, and we will give you the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation... You will be torn limb from limb, and your house will be made a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you will receive gifts, a reward, and great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. They answered a second time. May the king tell the dream to his servants, and, and we will make known the interpretation. Tell us, tell us a dream, and we'll tell you what it means. King's like, uh-uh. The king replied, I know for certain you're trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream and I will know you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king, no one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any magician, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known except the gods, whose dwelling is not with mortals. Because of this, the king became violently angry, and he gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued that the wise men were to be executed and they search for Daniel and his friends to execute them. So these guys were all prepared to, to interpret dreams. They could have done it. They were like, tell us a dream, we'll tell you what it means. King's like, I won't know if it's legit unless you tell me the dream first. You've got to tell me the dream and the meaning of it. And these guys are like, nobody can do that. How could, how could you? The king's, and, and I understand the king's per, perspective. If it, if it wasn't, if they didn't tell me the dream, your, your interpretation wasn't legit. It, it just, throw it out. Because you could sit around and wait 20 years and say, see, that's where your dream come true. And um, it could have been easily, easily false. So, I grew up, I grew up playing a lot of ball. Um, Y'all may not know this about me, but I was, I was probably second team all district center fielder in the year 2000. But um, <laughs> yeah, hold your applause. <laughs> so uh, 
I, I grew up playing ball, and I had a bunch of friends, and we were all good at it. We loved it. We did it constantly. We played all summer, and we played um, select teams. We'd go play in Fort Worth against a bunch of real ball players, if, if you've ever been in that kind of situation. But um, there, was, there was a few times when we were absolutely prepared to, to win, to, we were better, we were stronger, we were faster, and we would come up against a team that had, that had a secret weapon. And if you, ever, if you grew up in, in Ranger or in Eastland or Cisco, you've probably had the same um, problem, is you've never seen too many left-handed pitchers, right? So, I mean, you can tell by when you walk up to the plate and the right side of the plate's got a hole in it and the left side is just like brand new dirt. Because nobody is, 10% of, of uh, ball players are left-handed, like usually. But if you come across somebody that's left-handed and can throw strikes, you're watching the ball come from a different angle. It's not that much different. In fact, we would all sit there, and, and we would, when they'd call in a new pitcher, we'd all sit outside the dugout and watch him warm up, and we're like, this guy's throwing meatballs. And we'd get up there, and it's a different angle. It looks like it's outside, and it's barely hitting the plate, and strikeouts. They strike out the whole team. We didn't know what to do. It was just like we weren't prepared to hit that. We eventually kind of learned how to do it, but we didn't have any left-handed people that could throw strikes. So we just thought we were prepared to deal, with, uh, to deal with any situations. Three years ago, we thought we were prepared. And then, and then COVID hits. And then a war. And then another COVID. And now we got gas prices. We got inflation. And it is blindsiding us. How do we deal with that? Well, what did Daniel do? Daniel trusted in the Lord. He knew that he had the answer. Verse 14, Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He asked Arioch, the, off, the king's officer, why is the decree from the Lord so har- I mean, from the king so harsh? Then Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. So you see what Daniel does here. He he intentionally, tactfully makes time with discretion. Tells king's guard. Give me, give, me a, give me a second. Time out. I can, I, can make this, I can make this work. Church, if you're not making time to prepare, if you're not making time to be with the Lord, to read your Bible, to pray, to, uh, to worship, you're going to strike out. Yeah. What if Daniel wasn't doing what he was supposed to? What if he was uh, falling to temptation? I'm sure it was tempting to, uh, to not follow the Lord in Babylon. Can you imagine? 
You're surrounded by people that don't believe in what you believe. And if you just did what they did, everything, life would be a lot easier. Daniel didn't care. He knew his God was real. Verse 17, then Daniel went to his house, told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter, urging them to ask God, the God of the heavens, for mercy concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of Babylon's wise men. The mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night, and Daniel praised the God of heavens. So, Daniel goes straight to his support team. There was a couple, there was a few other guys that were, that were living for the Lord too. And he knew just what to do. He went to them. He asked them to pray with him so they would all have this, they would all be able to pray to God for the same thing. They were godly men. They were, they were, Daniel and them had, had been living life God's way, not, not their own way, not Babylon's way. So then they pray this life or death prayer, and I'm sure they were like, well, if it's God's will, we're all going to die anyways. So might as well go to the Lord, and then they get an answer. And instead of running to the king right away, listen to what Daniel does. He praises God. Verse 20, and declared, May the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my ancestors, because you have given me wisdom and power. And now you have let me know what we ask of you, for you have let us know the king's mystery. Do you think... Daniel may have been tempted to take the glory for all this. Like, yeah, I got an answer. And, uh, you know, your, your magicians and sorcerers and all them, they, they couldn't do it. It was, it was me. It was me. Daniel, Daniel didn't do that. Daniel went straight to the, the Lord with, with thanksgiving and praised him for what he did. And the clock's ticking. They're sitting there waiting to kill all these guys. And I'm sure everybody's like, come on, Daniel. Let's go. Do you got an answer? Verse 24, therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had assigned to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will give him the interpretation. It would have been real hard for, for Daniel to not get all these other wise people out of the way. Like, yeah, go ahead and kill them. They're in the way. I'm the one that you need to listen to, king. He didn't do that. He begged for their lives, too. 25. Then Ariok quickly brought Daniel before 
the king and said to him, I have found a man among the Judean exiles who can let the king know the interpretation. The king said in reply to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to tell me the dream I had and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king, no wise man, medium, magician, or diviner is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has let the king Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. The revealer of the mysteries has let you know what will happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. So Daniel, in the, in the, in the coming few verses, he, he lays out some of the most important prophecy in the Bible. And, and he, tells, he tells King Nebuchadnezzar of this, of this statue, and this, it's in four sections, and, and, it, and it represents four, time, four, four different kingdoms in history, and all leading up to the coming of Jesus. If Daniel is not prepared to do this, he doesn't do it. In fact, the book of Daniel ends in chapter 2. Because he dies if he's not prepared to do this. Daniel was there when, when Babylon laid siege to Jerusalem. He was exiled through all this, through all this terrible situation. He has seen God move. He probably knew Jeremiah's um, prophecy calling for the end of Jerusalem and, and seen that go through. And now he's, he's all in. He knows that God is for real and he's doing, the, he's doing these things and whatever he says is going to happen. But the most interesting thing about this is this dream wasn't even for Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, it was Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but the dream was for us. The dream was for, for people living at that time to, to know what's fixing to happen. You have these, these four kingdoms, and when, when it gets to the last kingdom, Jesus, the Messiah, is here. This was for the Jewish people. And now we can even look back at it, and it, and it, it goes all the way to end times. But Daniel was up for it. Daniel was living according to God's will. He knew that God had already made a way for him. Are you prepared for an impossible task? I mean, we've already had a bunch. We've already had a bunch. And there's, I, I hate to tell you this, but there's more on the way. But we serve a God who goes before us and prepares a way. And he does it over and over again. So how can we be ready for something like that? We've we got to be avoiding temptation. 
It is Daniel consistently followed Lord. I'm sure it was unpopular to serve the Lord in Babylon. And, and, and we're tempted to do the same things now. Um, it's, it's not, it's, we're getting to a place in, in life where it's not popular to follow God. And we're, and we're going to have to. We're going to have to teach our kids about God. We're going to have to double down because they're learning twice as much on the other side of it. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We got we to gotta constantly be changing and getting more like Jesus. We got to intentionally pursue righteous living in a world that does the opposite. Babylon wasn't a good place to follow the Lord. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and preserves in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Surround yourself with people who are pursuing Jesus. Daniel had, Daniel had godly counsel. He had, he had a group and if you don't have a group of, of people that are following God who are doing life in a godly way, you're going to be lost. Daniel had Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they were all in his corner. When, when, when it came down to it, they were ready to go. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So if you are living your life around some people, and if, I, if I'm saying this right now, there's some people on your mind right now that you know have got to go, that are poison to your life. And maybe, maybe it's just for now, while you are getting your stuff straight. Maybe not forever. Proverbs 13, 20, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will, will suffer harm. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Other people who are walking with Jesus, will, they'll encourage you. 
on your walk. They will show you the right paths to take. They will show you the mistakes they've made. They will lift you up when you're down and, and tell you when you're wrong. And if you don't have these people in your life, you are lost. Church, we're going to have to be ready to hit the left-handed pitchers, the knuckleballers, the, the things that you've never seen before. And we're going to have to be prepared to say, time out, I've got to, get, I've got to meet with the Lord. I've got to meet with my godly counsel. And let's get ready, let's get ready to do this God's way and not my way. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us. Father, we, we thank you. We praise you for who you are. We ask, God, that, um, Lord, you just, you just continue to go before us and prepare a way. God, we can prepare all we want, but there's going to be stuff that we don't know, we don't see ever, and, and we're going to be blindsided by these things, but, God, you're already there. You're already there in those times, Lord, and, and we pray that, God, you would just, just be with us, Lord. Give us comfort. Give us strength, and give us godly counsel, Lord. Father, I pray for everybody here this morning. God, we just uh, we praise you today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do another song. Baskets are going to come down. Part of the way that we, a lot of us do worship is by our tithe and offering, and that'll be, um, that'll be the right time to do that. You guys can uh, stand and worship with us.